culture, society. On every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my God, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... (sighs) So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, just go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. Um, And you can always join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. As you guys know, we go live on the Instagram every Tuesday and Thursday. So if you want to join us live on Instagram or live on the YouTube, you can always join us live at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 Eastern. We are here I chat with you. We have some fun. We get a little litty city. I hope you are having a wonderful Memorial Day. I hope you had a great weekend. I hope you are celebrating with some family, maybe some hot dogs. We know Erica Jane and Lisa Renna love a good hot dog once or twice a year, preferably kosher, as we saw in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills with all these fun um, barbecues that they seem to have that are not real barbecues. But hopefully you are enjoying a hot dog, like Legally Blonde. What was it, the second one, Red, White, and Blonde, where she was like, Oh, it's like the 4th of July. It makes me want a hot dog. Well, since today's outfit is inspired by Legally Blonde, I'm wearing my Harvard sweater because today we will be breaking down the Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp trial slash relationship slash case slash everything. Now that we have gone through the six-week trial and we are now in jury deliberations, we're going to be breaking down a lot of it. And I hope, since it is a holiday, it is Memorial Day, and yes, Shout out and thank you and much love to all of our veterans and all the people that so bravely have sacrificed their lives to keep our country, to keep us free and to keep our country safe. My heart goes out to any veterans and families of veterans and all of those that we are um, living, that we are member, live, sorry, and all those that we are keeping in memory today. Much love, much appreciation. Uh, Thank you for serving our country. Okay, 
We do have a really big, exciting episode today. Like I said, we're going to be breaking down all the Depp versus Heard stuff. It's Depp versus Heard one, Trial 101, which we will dive into. But like I said, it is a holiday, so I hope you are sipping on some of my no-filter wine. I've crafted this perfectly with my pals at Elix. It is a delicious, light, crisp, fizzy wine. We have it available in a rosé and available in a white variation. Four fun cans, four fun designs inspired by some of our favorite, most iconic Housewives moments, inspired by Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and Real Housewives of New Jersey. Everything from your husband's in the pool to this one, which is my personal fave. It's the white wine. Um, And it says, cut cut down my drinking or what? Or what? Inspired by Erica Jane. It is delicious. 13% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. So you will be able to get Liddy City without that gnarly wine headache. Nobody likes a a, a gnarly wine headache. Gross. Ew. It's available at nofilterwine.com. You guys can stock up there. Please make sure you drink responsibly. Have some fun. Get Liddy City. But drink responsibly, and you must be 21 21 or over to order. Sorry, I'm choking up on my words today. Um, But yes, shall we dive into it? So we're going to be talking all about the Depp versus Heard trial, the charges, the accusations, the timeline of their relationship. Then we'll get into the full six-week trial and all of the biggest takeaways from the testimonies that we heard. We're not going to get into every single little detail. We're not going to get into Amber Heard's girlfriend or not girlfriend getting kicked out of the courtroom for texting or the Johnny Depp witness that was pulled from the stand or the Elaine of it all. My God, Elaine. (sighs) Elaine, Elaine, Elaine. We will get into the biggest and juiciest and most, um, the wildest, really, pieces from the six-week trial. We won't be getting into the nitty-gritty, but like I said, we'll be recapping some of the biggest key takeaways and how they will relate to the final verdict that we should be getting later this week. We'll talk about the most damaging pieces of evidence. Um, We're going to go into what happens next, where we go from here. As we know, last Friday, May 27th, we heard the closing arguments, so we are at the end of this trial. Now, at this point, both cases have, or both parties have laid out their cases, um, and now we just let the jury decide. So we'll see. We'll. I'm going to give at the end of this my thoughts on how I think this will all shake out, and then I have some thoughts and questions that you guys sent in on Instagram that I will be addressing and we'll go over at the end of this episode. So now, as you know, let's take it from the top, make it drop. That's some wet and gushy. Here we go. Depp versus Heard. Try a 101. What is it? Okay, so Johnny Depp is suing ex-wife Amber Heard for defamation related to an op-ed that she published in the Washington Post back in 2018. He filed his lawsuit against her in 2019. In the op-ed, Amber claims that she's the, the victim of domestic abuse and positions herself as a face for women that suffered the consequences of speaking out. Depp is claiming that the article was clearly about him, though he's not directly named in the article, and as a result, his career has has suffered major and his reputation has, has suffered majorly. And he's like, yo, Amber, you wrecked my career. You wrecked my reputation. Everybody thinks that I'm an abuser and it's time for me to clear my name. So it's a big case of he said, she said. He claims that the accusations of abuse are false and Amber knowingly published this piece under false pretenses and used it as an opportunity to bolster her career. And it was released in conjunction with the release of her film, Aquaman, where she played love in, the love interest of Jason Momoa. And he's like, mm, this is a little too convenient. You released it in conjunction with the timing of this. 
you clearly did this to hurt my reputation and amplify yours. So defamation cases are really tricky, especially when it comes to celebrities and public figures, such as politicians or just like well-known people. It is interesting, though, because it's like what is determined a public figure at this point? Like, am I considered a public figure because I'm so public on social media? Um even though I'm not like a celebrity like Johnny Depp and I'm not a politician that's running for office, but like it, it does get tricky because what now determines somebody that's a public figure? Is it just somebody that's very public on social media? Can you, you know, be defamed for a tweet that you actually send? We're going to get into all of that. But basically for defamation cases, as it relates to public figures, you have to prove that not only was the statement defamatory and hurt somebody's reputation, but that the defendant knew that it was defamatory, had malice with intent to cause damage and recklessly disregarded the truth, recklessly disregarded any truth. And you have to prove all of those things in court. So I believe in a typical defamation case, you can just be like, hey, I'm a private person. You said this about me publicly. I believe that it hurt my reputation. Therefore, I can sue you for defamation. When somebody's a public figure, you have to prove a lot more. You have to prove that they knew that it was false. You have to prove that they had malice and intent behind harming your reputation, trying to cause damages and that they had reckless disregard for the truth. So those are the things that Johnny Depp now has to go and prove in court against Amber Heard. Johnny Depp has previously sued The Sun, which is a newspaper out in the UK, for running a piece that labeled him as a wife beater. He ultimately lost that case against The Sun because The Sun claimed that, to their knowledge, Amber Heard's claims appeared to be true, that they went based off of you know her own first account of being the survivor of abuse, and you know they used her own words as a source— and therefore they didn't willingly, knowingly, or recklessly publish anything that they believed to not, that they didn't believe to be the absolute truth. Amber was Johnny's wife. Amber claims that she was abused by him. Therefore, it was easy for them to state that he was a wife beater. She was his wife. He allegedly beat her. Wife beater. They're like, that's it. Mic drop. We're done. Mic check. One, two, one, two. Sorry, Johnny. You're out of it. So he lost that case. This is probably why he didn't, because I thought this as I was watching the trial over the past six weeks. This is probably why he didn't end up suing the Washington Post since they were the ones that published this op-ed this time around because they could likely make the same argument that The Sun made. So in this case, let's go directly to the source, Amber Heard a.k.a. Amber Turd, as they're labeling her online, um, which is a very creative, punny, you know, thing that Twitter loves to do. So they can say, you know, we had Amber Heard. This was her first account. Um, also, she this is an op-ed, so she is the author. Even though she didn't directly write this post, she did give authorization to have it published under her name as if she did write it herself. Similar to, like, I would imagine a ghostwriter uh, that is hired to do, like, a celebs book. So... Tis what it is. Um, but Johnny is suing Amber on three different counts of defamation. One is from the print version of the op-ed in the Washington Post. The second is from the online version of the op-ed in the Washington Post. And the third is from her republication of the op-ed, which is basically a tweet. So she tweeted the article out to her followers on her verified Twitter account, and that's been used as the third count of defamation. So we have the print, the online, and her tweet. 
technically a, a quote tweet, I believe is what it was, but she still shared it with the headline very prominently featured in the tweet. She essentially endorsed it. She does at some point try to make the argument that like, well, the ACLU is the one that wrote the article and the publication, which is the Washington Post, they're the ones that chose the article, which is technically true. Usually when you submit, you know, I've written for major publications from Pop Sugar to Men's Health. You know, I've done pieces like this that I've shared with them. And I typically don't have say over what the um, or have not had said have not had any say over what the title of the article is. Usually it's up to the editorial team that gets to determine that what the actual title of the article will be. This is where it gets a little interesting because technically they wrote the headline, which is really the most damaging piece of the op ed is the actual headline. But again, it was written under Amber Heard's name. I almost said Amber Turd. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I apologize. I didn't mean to. It just, it's in my mind, it's it's catchy. Um, but anyway, they are currently in trial in Virginia, which we can assume is related to an anti-slap law that Johnny's team, his legal team is, I guess, taking advantage of. And that's why, you know, they didn't end up suing her in California. This also does kind of lead into the accusations that Johnny has continued to kind of harass her and abuse her. And this is one of the ways by making her come all the way out to Virginia and do this also publicly. He's claiming that he's just fighting for his reputation. His team in their closing argument said that he's really not even interested in damages. He's not looking to get any money from her, whatever the jury finds fitting in terms of whatever damages they think that he should get, they're open to that. But they made it very clear that this is not a case about trying to sue her for damages. This is solely a case for him to get his reputation and his career back. Amber Heard is also countersuing Johnny also for defamation. She claims that his lawyer made statements that he... um that her accusations of abuse were all a hoax and an attempt to amplify her career by capitalizing on the cultural Me Too movement. Though Johnny himself didn't say it's a hoax, they're claiming that Depp's lawyer was acting on his behalf, acting on behalf of Johnny, therefore basically speaking for Johnny. So he himself is responsible for the claims that this is all a hoax and that the abuse never actually happened. They have to... um, they have to make the same case of of defamation, proving that it was done maliciously, knowingly false, with intention of harming Amber's reputation. She claims that she lost jobs and had her role in Aquaman reduced as a result of the hoax claim. Now let's get into the timeline of their actual relationship. So Johnny Depp and Amber Heard met on set while co-starring in The Rum Diary, which and they filmed that back in, I believe, t- 2009. And so they officially began dating in the summer of 2012 after his most recent breakup at that point. After almost a year of engagement, they got married in the Bahamas in February of 2015 on Johnny's private island. Like, how, how fancy is that? Like, Courtney... And Travis just got, they got married at the courthouse. Well, first they got married in Vegas and then at the courthouse. And then they had like a really nice, intimate Italian wedding. But here Johnny Depp's like, I got a private island in the Bahamas. And that's where we're getting married, on my private island. The following month, which was March of 2015, is when Depp was filming Pirates of the Caribbean 5 in Australia. And this is where he hurt his hand, which um, ended up affecting filming or affected production. This will be important later. Just know that this was literally one month after his hand was injured one month after or the following month um, after they got married on his private island. Fast forward to April of 2016, a year later. 
Um, After a year of negative press speculation about the relationship and public denials of any issues, they, you know, Amber did do interviews where she went on record saying like, you know, that there was no truth to the things that were leaking in the press. We're now in April 2016. It's Amber's birthday. Here's where she claims that Johnny Depp showed up to her birthday party drunk and high, and he shoved her to the ground and pulled her hair. In May 2016, May, yes, yeah, so this is another, the following month, Johnny Depp loses his mother. So they literally got married in February. Then Depp had his hand injured in March. Then come April is Amber's birthday. All of these things come up throughout the trial, but it's just crazy to see how quickly after they were married, all of this stuff happened. So literally what uh, February, March, April, May, less than three months after they get married, um, Johnny Depp loses his mother, which seems to have stirred up a lot of friction between the two of them. A day after uh, she passed away, LAPD gets called to their home. Amber claims that a cell phone was thrown at her face, but she later tells officers that it was only a verbal uh, altercation, that there was no, there was nothing physical about their altercation. In the days following Johnny Depp's mother's passing, the couple ends up separating. Amber files for divorce. Then she files for a temporary restraining order, also known as a TRO, which is a family fancy term that lawyers like to use, TRO. I was like, oh, TRO. I like that term. So she files a temporary TRO against Johnny Depp, which TMZ is the first to announce with photos of Amber Heard leaving the courthouse and what appears to be a bruise on her face. Again, she claimed that he threw a cell phone at her face and that's what caused this injury. All of these things will come up again later. They come up at the trial and they are all very important. So she claimed that Johnny threw a phone at her face, which explained the bruise on her face. She also claims that she was physically and verbally abused or that uh, he was physically and verbally abusive towards her. And that's why she needed the TRO because she was afraid for her life. Following the news, Johnny released a statement denying the abuse allegations and both of his ex-wives, Vanessa Paradis and uh, Lori and Allison, both spoke out and released statements in his defense claiming that Depp was never abusive towards them during their relationships with him. So they spoke out, both ex-wives, ex-wives spoke out in support of Johnny denying that they had the same relationship that Amber Heard is claiming that she had with Johnny. In the following months, a number of photos and videos begins to leak in the press of alleged abuse, photos of Amber, leaked video of Johnny, et cetera, et cetera. So in the months after all of this, which I mean, is crazy to think that you literally got married two months, three months later, your mother passes away. Then all of a sudden your wife or soon to be ex-wife files, you know, a restraining order is claiming abuse. And then all of this evidence just starts to leak into the press or all these photos and videos, you know, photo, video, photos of Amber um, with bruises on her face, footage of Donny, uh, Johnny having like these fits of rage. By August of 2016, which is literally less than a year of marriage, less than a year of uh, separation, August 2016 is when they settle their divorce and each make a statement saying that they are bound by love despite how volatile their relationship may have gotten at times. In the settlement, Amber received $7 million, which she pledged to the ACLU and the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. Pledged is a very important word um, because pledged means I am going to make a donation. I'm going to donate to the ACLU and to the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles the $7 million that I received. I believe it was going to be split and it was going to be 3.5 to the ACLU and 3.5 to Children's Hospital. That was in 20 next, uh, sorry, Uh, That was in, yes, 2016 when they settled their divorce. 
come 2018 is when Amber wrote an op-ed with the ACLU in which she claims to be a public figure representing domestic abuse. She said that as a result of speaking out, she felt our culture's wrath. She claims to have been blacklisted and dropped from major campaigns with large brands that she had been working with. In the op-ed, then we get into 2019, about a year later, Johnny Depp then files a defamation suit against Amber Heard. In 2020, Amber files a countersuit against Johnny Depp for defamation. So they're now suing each other both for defamation. Their trial begins in Virginia on April 12th of 2022, and we just had our closing arguments on May 27th of 2022, which was just last Friday. As of today, the jury is currently in deliberation and are expected to reach a verdict by the end of this week after hearing both cases. Um, They can deliberate for as long as they need to. But at this point, we know that court doesn't resume until Tuesday because obviously today, Monday, is a is Memorial Day. So we do have to observe Memorial Day as a national holiday. So there is no court today, but it will resume on Tuesday. And we'll see if they reach a verdict anytime soon. They have to re they have to go through all the evidence again. They get to listen to all the audio. They get to watch all the videos. They get to review the statements made from the testimonies. And they get to deliberate and figure out what it is that, you know, they think should happen. Who gets their defamation case uh who wins their defamation case on which counts actually qualify as defamation and what damages should there be any damages. I believe Amber's team is asking for a few hundred thousand. I believe it's around 300,000 that they're asking for in damages. Johnny Depp um, isn't asking for any damages in the closing arguments. His lawyers argued that he really doesn't care to get any money from Amber Heard. He really just wants to salvage his reputation. And it's up to the jury now to be able to do that by siding in his favor for this case of defamation. And should they think he's entitled to any sort of damages, they get to determine what they think the damages should be based off of their own interpretation. Okay, we do know this was a six-week-long trial. Some of you watched every single bit of it. It was a lot. I had to go through all of it in the past week because, as you guys know, I was on tour. I was uh, doing the Spilling Tea Live tour with Adam Newell from Up and Adam. Emily D. Baker was also at our Nashville show with us. So I wasn't able to follow it because I was traveling and I was able to binge everything last week. And so now we are going to recap the past six weeks of this trial. Again, we're not going to dive too deep into everything. We're going to break it down. We had multiple witnesses, friends, experts, former lovers. They all came out to testify over the course of the last six weeks, everyone from the ACLU to Kate Moss. We had Kate Moss testify in court or via Zoom or via video. I don't know what they use, Zoom, or if there's another fancier one that they use. Does court use Zoom? I don't know. Maybe they have their own software system. But anyway, I'll break down the biggest revelations that we learned from all of the six weeks. There's a lot. I won't be diving in too deep into every little nitty gritty piece, just the biggest and the buzziest pieces. If you want a much more in-depth look into everything, I'd recommend checking out Emily D. Baker. She has a YouTube channel. She has her podcast, The Emily Show, and she has her Instagram account that extensively covered all of this over the course of the last six weeks, literally went into in-depth and live streamed the entire trial, giving her commentary and her legal expert background to give context to certain situations and to explain things. I watched a lot of her live streams. I watched all of her Instagram videos. She was a huge source for me. Um, So again, if you want to dive much deeper, there is 
hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of footage and live streams that you can go through of Emily's if you want to go there. Um, so first up, we heard Johnny Depp's case. Then we heard Amber Heard's defense. Then we heard Amber Heard's case and then Johnny Depp's defense. We are now at the end just waiting for the jury's final verdict. Both Johnny Depp and Amber Heard testified, both sharing about their traumatic childhood experiences and both throwing out accusations of abuse from each other. Johnny's team made the argument that Amber Heard was not the victim of domestic violence, but in fact that she was the abuser herself. They even had audio tapes of her claiming that claiming to have struck or um, claiming that she herself struck Johnny and telling him that nobody would ever believe him if he, a man, came out and said that he was the victim of domestic abuse, to which Johnny said, I will say that, and he did. In court, he said that he was the victim of domestic abuse. Johnny claimed that he never put his hands on Amber and that um, he most definitely never sexually abused her. That's a really big key piece because that's going to go into the last two um, pieces of the defamation case that he is suing her for. She, on the other hand had very elaborate stories that she testified to claiming that he would get drunk and high and he would become a monster. Her team threw that term around a lot, that he was a monster to which he would punch walls and slap her and shove her to the ground. She recanted an incident in Australia where he allegedly sexually abused her with a glass bottle. She claimed that he would get violent and smash things and throw her across the room. She claims that he dragged her by the hair, which left clumps of hair all over their home. She claims that he broke her nose, that he left with the busted lips, like all things that should have very clear signs of being abused. And we get into all of that. And the, the witnesses that testify to everything, they get into all of that as well. She also claimed that she had to wear a lot of makeup to cover up her injuries However, the case Depp's team made was that there was never actually any real evidence of abuse. That, you know, with the claims that she made, there should have been evidence and there wasn't. And then we had multiple witnesses come out to corroborate just that. So we had the trailer park manager who... Um, he claims that after one of their arguments that Amber Heard said, you know, Johnny went into a crazy fit of rage and destroyed the trailer. The manager has come forth and he claims that um, the trailer that Johnny Depp allegedly destroyed, that there was only a total of $62 in damages. We also had the front desk manager of the building that they lived in. He claims that he saw Amber Heard on um, one of the days that she was allegedly attacked by Johnny and that he doesn't remember any noticeable injuries on her face. There were, there were no clumps of hair missing. There was no broken nose. There was no major bruising. There was no swelling. Um, to his recollection of seeing her, like if you see, I've, if you've seen people that have been a victim, freshly a victim of domestic abuse, and they have allegations of having a broken nose or being hit in the face, I don't even think there's enough makeup that can just kind of cover all of that up to the point where you don't see any visible signs um, of being abused. This poor guy literally testified. It was kind of funny. I mean, the case itself is not funny, but this dude was like, in his, he testified, he called in from his car, because it was a Zoom or a video call-in, from his car like at one point he's like hitting his vape pen like so over it he like does not want to be bothered by this case to him it's like 
you know, rich people problems, white people problems. He's just like, these people literally are privileged AF and like, I can't be bothered. Like I have to work. I have a job. I have to put a roof over my head. I have to put food in my belly and I need to be able to work to be able to do that. He seemed so disinterested from participating in this case. The fact that he called in from his car and was hitting his vape pen, like that, I think the judge even said it. She's like, well, that's a first for us, Um, which I mean, hey, if anybody can bring them out, bring them out. It's Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp. But anyway, his testimony was just kind of a personal delight for me because it was just so outlandish. We also have the LAPD officers um, that were called to the scene after a 911 call came in claiming that Amber Heard had been physically abused. They said that there was no police report, that they didn't file a police report. And the reason there is no police report filed is because there was no evidence of any sort of domestic violence that had occurred. They testified that they logged the visit based off of their protocol, their standard protocol. But the reason that there was no filing of an official report was because there was no clear indication that any abuse had actually occurred. Amber herself at the time even claimed that the abuse was only verbal and not physical. But again, when police officers show up, they have to look for signs of abuse. They have to look for signs of damage. They have to look for something that would indicate that somebody was physically abused. Um, And according to them, there wasn't anything. And I believe there was even body cam footage that shows that there really wasn't anything that proved that there was any sort of real domestic violence dispute that actually occurred that day. And that's why there's no filing of a police report. Multiple of Johnny Depp's former bodyguards came out and they testified about their relationship, claiming claiming that they did have some major arguments. Their job wasn't really to get involved in them, um, but they don't recount any sort of physical abuse that they witnessed. Um, They did, some of them did say that, like, I remember overhearing this or, you know, this kind of, I vaguely remember happening. I believe one of them claims that she, like, went off on him on a plane. Um, But again, they testified to not seeing any, like clear indication that Amber Heard had been abused. Kate Moss even testified in support of Johnny Depp. We know that Kate Moss used to date date Johnny Depp back in the day. She claimed that their relationship was never abusive because that comes up in the the trial, that there were rumors that she was pushed down the stairs, which Amber Heard leaned into those rumors. I believe it was in reference to her sister and how she thought that Johnny Depp was going to push her sister down the stairs the same way that uh, that he pushed Kate Moss down the stairs. Kate Moss on record claims that Johnny Depp never pushed her down the stairs, that she actually, that when the incident occurred, when she um, hurt herself on a flight of stairs, that it was because she slipped and that when Johnny found that she slipped, she screamed, Johnny came out, he found her and he immediately got her medical attention. She also claimed that he was the one that ended their relationship and it wasn't her. We have a former TMZ producer that came forth and insinuated that their team would often get tipped off when something was about to go down, like when Amber Heard filed her TRO. He claims that they were aware that there was going to be a bruise on her face and that she was going to um, turn to the camera so that they can actually capture that and that a team was dispatched during when she was supposed to be at the courthouse, which was interesting because how would they know she was going to be at the courthouse at that time? She claims that she didn't know that they were going to be there, but her legal team also made the defense that she often wears very heavy makeup. She claims that she had to wear very heavy makeup to cover up bruises, but for some reason, very conveniently, she was not wearing any makeup that day, and the TMZ cameras happened to capture her. 
Again, there are a lot of elements to all of this and a lot of pieces. We're just kind of briefly recapping the biggest pieces and the most incriminating pieces. Um, But according to this TMZ producer, he claims that she knew when she was supposed to turn to the camera so that they can capture the bruise on her face. He also claimed that TMZ owns the copyright to one of the leaked videos of Johnny Depp during one of his like rage fits when he was like freaking out and like throwing this like major tantrum. He testified that the only way TMZ could obtain copyright um, ownership is if the owner of the video itself and the owner being the person that actually filmed the video which was recorded by Amber Depp herself, that that person, the owner, would have to willingly give over their rights. They would have to grant their rights to somebody else. So he claims that the version of the video that they received was also missing a beginning and an end. That video in in its entirety was shown in court, and that video shows Amber Heard at the beginning and at the end of it, and that those pieces were conveniently clipped out from what was sent to TMZ. He said that it only took TMZ 15 minutes to obtain the copyright ownership, indicating but not explicitly stating that Amber Heard very swiftly gave them full permission to use and publish the footage. He said that it came in through a uh, through their tip line. It was a Dropbox link. They downloaded the video. They saw the video. And within 15 minutes, they were able to get the copyright owner to grant them copyright ownership. And they now own that footage. So it is interesting Again, he didn't explicitly say that Amber Heard gave them copyright um, ownership, but he did kind of dance around and insinuate the fact that Amber Heard is the one that that Amber Heard admitted to taping this video. She was the copyright owner. It then ended up in the hands of TMZ, and they very swiftly were able to gain permission to share it and claim it as their own. Amber claims that she was on a plane at the time. The timing of it is very suspicious. I mean, yeah, we don't need to get into it. She's denying that she uh, gave them permission. She's denying that she leaked the video and denying that she gave them permission to uh, own the copyright of that video, which to me sounds like a lawsuit in and of itself. If you're the copyright owner and somebody took that video unbeknownst to you, it's like if I took a video and then somebody published it on the internet and claims that they're the copyright owner, I could be like, um, yeah, no, I can pull a Khloe Kardashian and have everybody on the internet take down the photo because I'm the copyright owner and you're not allowed to share that. As we know, Amber Heard has not asked TMZ to take down the video. But Amber's legal team claims that Johnny's witnesses have are all lying out of blind loyalty and obligation and love for Johnny, that they just adore him and admire him. And Amber herself says that she knows people, she knows people in his life will do anything and everything just to appease him. In Johnny's testimony, he claimed that Amber was actually the one that was the abusive one in their relationship, saying that she would scream at him, that she'd slapped him, and she'd throw things at him, such as Red Bull cans, um, a glass of wine, I believe, was thrown at his face, um, a TV remote. He also claims that since they never got a prenup, that during their discussions of a post-nuptial agreement, which is basically a prenup that happens after you get married, Heard flipped out when she found out that she wouldn't be in his will, and that started a major argument. He said that he would often disengage when she would reach that point, and he would walk away. He would go play guitar. That Every time she got worked up, that he would just shut down. Um, and I believe his therapist also testified that that's kind of um, a pattern of his behavior, and it related to his mother, who was very abusive. Um, Heard also claims to have had a very traumatic childhood, and that kind of helped develop the personality that she has now um 
He said that he disengaged from that argument and ended up going to the bar to have a drink. She later followed him. And then as they were continuing or as she was continuing to yell at him, she ended up getting a jug of vodka. You know, they have those big they have the classic bottles of vodka, but then they have the ones that have the handle. He claims that she got that and she threw it at him, which ended up severing his finger. Remember when I mentioned earlier Pirates 5 when it was when it was in production shortly after they had gotten married the following month after they had gotten married when they were in production in Australia that's when production had to be delayed because his hand was injured well now he claims that his hand was injured as a result of Amber Heard throwing a jug of vodka at him. She claims that he injured his finger himself that he actually cut his finger himself. His legal team basically said that um it wouldn't make sense as to why he would sever his own finger because he also liked to play guitar and guitar was one of the ways he liked to disengage from Amber was that when the arguments would start to escalate, he would disengage, go off, play some guitar. I mean, whether or not you want to believe that's a strong argument or not, they're denying that he would cut his own finger. The thing, the whole finger of it all was gross. Okay. Because they talk about like they had to find the chunk of the finger and then like the house manager came and he found the chunk of the finger and then they had to get the finger put back on. And it, it was a lot about the finger. He had a cast that had to be digitally edited out of Pirates of the Caribbean because, you know, when you have a severed finger, like you can't like Jack Sparrow doesn't have a cast like, you know, Jack Sparrow doesn't have access to the medical treatment that Johnny Depp has. So Jack Sparrow cannot have a mask. So I'm assuming like Johnny Depp's hand in Pirates of the Caribbean as what's his name um Jack Sparrow had like a digital hand that's kind of weird that they have a digital hand but he's like yeah I had to have like multiple green marks on my hand so they can essentially give me an entirely new Pixar hand not Pixar directly I'm just saying that as like a you know but anyway he also I don't know that there were claims that like he wrote on the wall with his severed finger um, and that I guess at some point there was like a penis that was drawn. It was all very gross. Like I don't care to hear testimony about a severed finger and like you drawing on the wall with paint thinner. It was gross. It was all very gross. Amber Heard in her testimony was adamant that Johnny Depp was the abuser and her team pulled some very, very vulgar and dark text messages from Johnny Depp. He calls her a number of derogatory names, calling her a worthless hooker, claiming that he wanted to set her corpse on fire. Like awful, awful, awful things, like more unsettling than the finger were some of the messages that he would send to people about Amber Heard. I'll spare you the details, but just know that they were very dark and they were very unsettling. But he also does claim that he wanted to hurt Amber Heard's career as payback for the way that he's that she's hurt his. So he clearly and very explicitly says that he wanted her to suffer. He in court claims that he just uses very colorful language and that's how he kind of explains some of these text messages. I mean, I will say that his testimony is very long. His statements were very long-winded. It was very Dorit-ish. Um, and that, you know, does he speak figuratively? Sure. Is he very descriptive? Yes. Um, did he talk about anybody's corpses in... Um, in court, not necessarily. There was an interesting text message between him and hers, where uh, or between him and Amber Heard, where there was a, a the throat thing. I don't know if any of you guys caught any of that, but there was like a text message that he sent to her, and she was like, he something about I think it was like slicing her throat, and she was like, "You can have my throat, and you can have do whatever you want with my throat." And he's like, "I have other uses for your throat," and it was like a very like uncomfortable sext that I think her team was trying to really make a thing, and 
I don't think they were aware that I think he was being a little naughty in that message. But anyway, that kept coming up. The text messages kept coming up and were read multiple times. Um, They really were trying to hammer in the messages as being more incriminating than I think that they actually were. They were awful. They were disgusting. And it shows that he, you know, as colorful as or descriptive as he wants to claim that he was, the text messages were just wildly inappropriate. Um, and did not make him look good at all. And it was very clear that the two of them are very toxic individuals and that their relationship was most certainly extra, extra, extra toxic with the toxic rotten cherry right on top of it. Other witnesses for Depp included their private nurse and their private doctor. I would love to have a private doctor, all of who claimed that they didn't see any physical injuries on Amber. Their house manager just recounted their Australian home being in disarray, but not to the extent that Amber Heard described that it was or that her team tried to claim that it was. Their marriage counselor claims that it was a mutually abusive relationship and that they were both awful to each other. His talent manager also came forth and claims that Depp lost Pirates 6 because we know he ended up, they taped Pirates 5 and that was when they were in Australia, but then they were in negotiations to do a Pirate 6 and as a result of the op-ed, he was pulled from that film, um, which was a $22.5 million deal. So his manager says that like he lost that as a result of the op-ed, that they did not want any association with him after claims that he sexually abused his ex-wife. Um, a forensic psychologist took the stand and diagnosed Amber with borderline personality disorder and histrionic personality disorder, but denied seeing any signs of PTSD, which is a claim that her team tried to make is that she was suffering from PTSD as a result of her relationship with Johnny Depp. Amber Heard's witnesses, on the other hand, had very different things to say. She had a forensic psychologist that claims that she didn't or doesn't have borderline personality and that she does indeed have post-traumatic stress disorder as a result of marital abuse. So the two of them kind of went back and forth about whether or not or what Amber's um mental state was and whether or not she does have PTSD they seem to disagree and have some sort of dispute they like shared words in you know uh, cross-examination and in rebuttals Amber Heard's sister took the stand and testified to seeing Johnny Depp grab her by the hair and strike her in the face multiple times. Amber herself even claims that the only reason that she hit Johnny is because during their altercation, she believed that Johnny was going to push her sister down the stairs and kill her. I believe this is where she references Kate Moss and Kate Moss getting pushed down the stairs. Amber Heard's makeup artist testified to having to put on a little extra heavy red lipstick the day after her alterca- an altercation with Johnny Depp, where she ended up with a busted lip, but she was supposed to set... She was set to appear on the James Corden show. People have pulled footage from the James Corden show and stills from the James Corden show, and she doesn't appear to have any visible swelling or, again, a broken nose. If anything, the makeup artist says that, yes, we ended up putting on a bit of a more intense red lip that day to cover up, you know, some of the the busted lip that she had. Didn't seem to corroborate her story all that much, but does seem to be, I guess, in support of her because she's testifying in support of Amber Heard. Um, But to me, like, that's a little suspicious. Like, Johnny hit you multiple times in the face, and yet you appeared to have no visible swelling on Corden. That, to me, was a little... I don't know how I feel about that. But one of Amber Heard's friends said that she remembers there being cuts on her feet, which were the results of stepping on broken glass in their apartment. 
you stepped on broken glass and you had cuts on your feet. What does that really say necessarily? Like that's, you pulled your friend and that's all she was able to testify. Um, it really is just a big case of he said, she said. And at this point, it's like, who are we really going to believe at this point? Amber had one of Johnny's former agents who claimed that Johnny was losing his jobs because he was late and he was becoming more and more unprofessional on set and that it actually wasn't because of the op-ed. Because remember, in a defamation case, you have to prove damages. He claims that he lost pirates because of it, but this agent says that he was already starting to lose jobs and reputation because of his own behavior. She was like, he can do battle by himself. A Disney executive also claims, uh, who came out and claimed that she was unaware of there being any connection between Johnny's role in Pirate 6 and him being attached to Amber Heard's op-ed. So here her team is trying to prove that one, the abuse actually did happen because that was the claim in the op-ed that Amber suffered abuse and two, defending themselves against any damages that Johnny suffered, claiming that he can do battle by himself. He can do his, he can tank his own reputation. He can lose his own jobs and that they had, and that Amber Heard's op-ed had nothing to do with that. So those are kind of the two pieces they really try to hammer in. Abuse did happen. Therefore, she can write about it in the op-ed and, you know, they didn't hurt Johnny. Johnny hurt himself. They also leaned heavily into the fact that Amber reported the abuse and that seems to be a part of their strategy. The op-ed, the op-ed was about her suffering the raft of our culture or the raft of Hollywood as a result of reporting the abuse, which I would say is a really smart defense. You can deny, you can't deny that she reported it. And if the article is about her reporting it, now, you know, not actually suffering the abuse, then now that may actually be a strong case. Um, and I thought was something that they did really well was focusing on the reporting of the abuse and the article focusing on the reporting of the, of the abuse because that's technically a fact and she did report it. And if it wasn't about actually being abused, she didn't say, hey, I was abused. And as a result of me being abused, that hurt my, you know, I felt the wrath of our culture. The op-ed was, I spoke out about the abuse. So there's a bit of a distinguish, uh, a, a distinction, sorry, that I think her team was really smart with. Uh, the most damaging testimony, though, I think against Amber Heard outside of the TMZ producer that really seemed, um, to make it look like she intentionally was trying to tank Johnny Depp's reputation by leaking these things to the press and creating this narrative about him. But the most damaging uh, piece of testimony, I think, came from the ACLU themselves. So we know that the ACLU helped Amber write the op-ed. They're the ones that um, they actually wrote it for her and secured the coverage in the Washington Post. And I believe that that's actually how they sold it to the Washington Post is Amber Heard is going to be speaking out against her relationship, her contentious and abusive relationship with Johnny Depp. And she's going to talk about how he used to beat her. And here's the article. And here we go. Her legal team... Um, or sorry, Johnny's legal team rather made a, an interesting argument about how nobody would really care about Amber Heard's story of abuse, that it would kind of just be, you know, an article in a tabloid magazine rather than something that was heavily prominent in the Washington Post had Johnny Depp not been attached to it which I thought was interesting. But anyway, the ACLU testified that the article indeed was about Johnny Depp, but that Amber Heard's legal team had to come in and that they um, had to have any direct connection to Johnny Depp or mention of his name removed from the article because one, they were afraid that she might be in violation of her NDA with Depp and that two, that they were afraid that she might get sued for defamation. Wow. 
what a coinkadink, here we are. So they very clearly were aware that defamation could be on the table as a result of this article. So they clearly were aware that this article was damaging. Johnny Depp's name was not allowed to be used in the piece, and they generalized it a little bit more, that there were several drafts that they had to go through. But the initial draft, the ACLU did testify, it was very clearly about Johnny Depp, and that their impression was that the article was written about Johnny Depp. Um I mean, and it shows the fact that they had to generalize it a little bit more shows that they knew that it was about him. And now he has grounds to sue over it. Amber in her testimony said that it wasn't solely about Johnny Depp, that it was about Johnny and others. And the only person that believed the article was all about Johnny was Johnny and seemed to insinuate that this was all more of like a... um, one, that he was harassing her by dragging her through this public trial and that his ego, you know, was so big that he believed everything was about him, even though it's not really about him. The ACLU also, interestingly enough, claimed that though Amber Heard received a $7 million settlement into her divorce, that she herself pledged to the ACLU that they didn't receive that donation. Um, Amber then clarified, she's like, I pledged the donation, but she also publicly claimed to have donated the money to the foundations, to the ACLU and to Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. She later clarified when she was getting uh, in during the cross-examination with Heard's attorneys, she later clarified that she uses the terms pledge and donate synonymously, basically saying that to her they mean the same thing and she uses them interchangeably. I can say as somebody that worked for well over a decade in the world of nonprofit fundraising, I can assure you that there is a very big and a very clear distinction between pledging and between donating. A pledge means I will do this. A donation is basically saying I did do this and here is my receipt. We love receipts. We love housewives when they pull out the binders and the big blowups of the text messages. We love receipts. Amber Heard, show us the receipts. Amber Heard claims that she couldn't fulfill her pledge because Johnny sued her for defamation. But his legal team very quickly chimed in and argued that she had an entire year from when she received the settlement or from when the settlement was reached to when Johnny filed his lawsuit against her for her to make those donations. It's a lot. It's a lot. It happened. Here we go. So let's talk about the most damaging pieces that we got from the trial. That's kind of the recap and some of the witnesses that are some of the most important key players. You know, the yeah, let's talk about the most damaging stuff. But Amber had like her sister testify and her friend testify. Like she had a lot of different people testify in support of her. I didn't think it was the strongest testimony. I think she probably gave the strongest testimony because it was very detailed and she kind of goes into recounting a lot of these um incidents of abuse. And here's the thing, they could be very believable. But I think the the troubling part is that there's no actual evidence to corroborate that. And her legal team in their closing was like, oh, so basically, you know, if there aren't actual pictures of abuse or there's no video footage of the abuse itself, that what it didn't happen, <sighs> you know, but then Depp's legal team was like, well, she's claiming me too. And yet there's nobody else. There is no me too. There's just Amber saying me, but there are a ton of other people that are coming out. We have Kate Moss. We have Johnny Depp's two ex-wives. We have all these people that were close to the two of them during their relationship, all claiming that this did not happen, that there is no flood of women that are coming out and speaking out against accusation, uh, having accusations and speaking out against Johnny Depp. 
I mean, we've seen that happen even with public figures, you know, that were making claims of abuse against, you know, very high profile people in Hollywood. I think that's a really strong point. But I also think that Amber Heard's legal team made a very strong argument of being like, just because there's no physical evidence of physical abuse or of sexual abuse, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't believe victims. But Depp's team very much tried to shoot Amber's credibility and say that she just, she was lying and she it has not been truthful throughout the duration of this trial or through, you know, since the end of their marriage. So the most damaging pieces that we heard through the trial, I think for Johnny, the text messages were bad. They were very, very damaging. They were sickening. They don't show any actual physical, um, but they don't show any actual physical or sexual um, evidence of physical or sexual abuse. They don't, other than him saying really awful things, it doesn't indicate. But again, I think her team made a really good argument and being like, well, just what? Just because, you know, just because there aren't actual photos of this. But it's like, it's not just that there aren't photos or video. It's that there are people that are testifying to the contrary. So the video of him also, or the videos of him that have been released that she taped are also not great. There are some interesting photos that she had of, of him passed out, those to me weren't that damaging. It just shows him asleep. Maybe he would get drunk and pass out. But I think that they were trying to lean into the fact that when he would drink and when he would get high, that he would become this violent, angry monster and he would just not remember things that he would do. So I think they were trying to attack his credibility by attacking his memory and saying that he became this monster and um, and that, you know, she had to deal with the monster that he became when he would become drunk. However, a lot of people that worked with him and that knew him personally did testify that when he drank or when he would get high, that there was not a major shift in his personality, that for the most part, he was very much kind of the same person, just maybe a little looser, but that he didn't become agitated or angry. And it does seem like a lot of the agitation came shortly after losing his mother. That doesn't make it okay. That doesn't excuse it. As somebody that's gone through the grieving process recently, I know that I did not flip out on people like that. I did not behave that way. Um, but people grieve differently. But again, that's not an excuse. Grief is not an excuse to be able to, you know, commit abuse against other people. But yeah, the video I think is is damaging. It shows that they had a toxic relationship. And I think that that could be a form of verbal and psychological abuse, which helps her case saying that she suffered from domestic abuse. Abuse can come in multiple different forms, right? Like there can be psychological abuse. There can be verbal abuse. Like that's still considered abuse. It doesn't necessarily have to be physical or sexual in order for it to be considered abuse. And in the article, she claims that she was the victim or a face, a public figure that's a face of domestic abuse. I think those videos and even some of the text messages prove that there was some psychological and verbal abuse. I think that argument can be made and it is a strong argument. For her, I think the ACLU testimony is really bad and really damaging because they very clearly state that they believe that this article was about Johnny Depp and they're the ones that penned this article. She read it, she approved it, her lawyers vetted it, but it was ultimately published under her name. And I believe that that's how the ACLU ended up pitching this to the Washington Post as Amber Heard speaking out against her abusive relationship to Johnny Depp, one of the most powerful men in Hollywood, one of the most influential actors in Hollywood. 
I think the fact that there were multiple witnesses and all of them claimed that they had not seen any visible physical abuse, I think is bad and hurts her case. I don't think that her legal team has strong grounds to stand on saying that it's all just Depp groupies, you know, that are doing whatever they want to support Depp because they just love him and they're yes people. You know, you have the LAPD. You have their house manager. You have the front desk guy. You have Depp's bodyguards. You have their own marriage counselor all claiming, you know, that though there were arguments and though there were fights, that there were no clear signs of abuse. But again, abuse can come in multiple different forms. It doesn't have to be physical. I don't have to have a bruise on my face to say that I was abused. If somebody was berating me daily, if somebody was constantly poking at my insecurities and making me feel insecure and manipulating me or gaslighting me over the course of multiple years or multiple months or however we want to frame that, that can be considered abuse. That doesn't mean that I'm not the victim of abuse if, you know, there weren't hands that were actually put on me. The tricky part, though, is she made very grand claims of abuse. She didn't say he was mean to me. He yelled at me. He berated me. And therefore, he verbally abused me. She very much leaned into the fact that she was physically abused and sexual abused. There was the bottle that she claims that he assaulted her with, the glass bottle. Um, And she says that during that assault, that like her head was hitting the back of the bar, that he would drag her around their home by her hair, that there were clumps of hair all over the apartment, that he hit her in the face multiple times, broke her nose, busted her lip. Like these are very strong accusations. Abuse is abuse in any form. Yes. And I think had she leaned more into verbal and psychological abuse, I think she could have, I think she has a very strong case for that. However, it gets a little tricky because the statement or the term that was used in the headline of the online article in the Washington Post op ed was about sexual violence. So I think that's why she ends up leading, leaning into being sexually abused by him. And that's why we get the story of the bottle. But they were just such grand stories that they were almost to the point where they were unbelievable. Um, that's not to say that they're not true, but they were just very difficult to believe. So from this, what can we expect? So these are my predictions and my personal thoughts based off of everything we've seen and heard so far. I think, you know, the first item that Johnny Depp is trying to sue for, which is the print article, which is titled A Transformative Movement for Women by Amber Heard in the Washington Post. The second is the online article titled Amber Heard, colon, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath. That has to change. And then the third count that he's trying to sue her for defamation on is her tweet. She shared that article in her on her Twitter account, which is now being considered a republication of false statements that are defamatory. I mean, I going into this trial or prior to this trial would have never believed that a tweet that included a link to an article would necessarily be considered republication. But I guess that's why you see reporters and people on Twitter, if you pay attention to their bio, sometimes they say a retweet does not in, does not imply an endorsement. Whereas in this case, that disclaimer was not in her profile. It is her public Twitter account. And not only that, but she added an additional comment to the link to the the article, the online article, and then added an additional tweet 
on top of that, where she so proudly talks about being now being and proudly being an ambassador for the ACLU, which could show, you know, being an ambassador for the ACLU, I think shows that there was a bolstering to her reputation. Like that's pretty big. I speak out and now I get to be an ambassador for the ACLU. That's really good for her reputation. And I think that helps Depp's team's case against her by saying, yeah, it was defamatory. It was false. And she benefited from this, therefore trying to harm his reputation and bolster her own. I think that helps their case. Now, the article itself, again, does not explicitly reveal Depp as the abuser, but it does allude to it. The article came out in 2018. I believe that there is a reference in the article to, like, I spoke out where it says that she spoke out two years ago. What happened two years ago? She separated from Johnny Depp. She filed a temporary restraining order. Um, all of these negative press articles come out. So one could very easily assume, which is the case that Depp's legal team has made, one could very easily assume that it was about Heard if the article came out in 2018 and it references a two-year timeline and two years ago is when all of this shit went down. Um, yeah. So based off of the testimonies and the cases that are laid out that were laid out in court, it appears that they had a very contentious relationship. Um, but again, was it, it was contentious for sure. Um, arguably abusive, but was it sexually abusive? And that's the really big key piece here. The online article in the title very specifically refers to sexual violence. And that's the term that it was used. And that's the one that Amber Heard publicly posted on her verified public Twitter account. Now, did she claim that she did claim that the ACLU is the one that wrote it on her behalf, but it was still published under her name. Therefore, she's liable for it, you know, especially since she's her defamation case is based off of things that Johnny Depp's attorney said. And that was the claims that all of this was a hoax. I think that standard applies to her as well. And therefore, you know, it was published under her name and she's liable for it. She had a chance to review the article. She had a chance to make changes to the article. And if there was anything that she didn't like about the article, then I would assume that she would not proudly tweet out the article and then proudly announce herself as an ambassador for the ACLU. Aside from her personal testimony, I don't think that there's any real evidence of her ever being on the receiving end of sexual violence, which is the term that was used from Johnny Depp. So I think that that could very likely be considered defamatory. The tweet, as strange as it is, I had to wrap my head around the idea of a tweet being republication. However, I think in this case, that's probably the strongest uh, case that Johnny Depp has and possibly the online article because the online article is titled you know using the term sexual violence and the article itself does seem to allude to Depp the print article doesn't use the term sexual violence the print article you know just says that she was in an abusive relationship and you know she spoke out against it two years ago so therefore again verbal and psychological abuse I think are forms of, of abuse and she could possibly win that and I think she definitely made that case by proving by you know we saw the videos we saw the we heard the audio we you know saw all of these very key pieces we did have some testimony claiming that there were fights um you know i just i think the online article and the tweet are where he's going to have the strongest case and i think if anything um 
I mean, worst case scenario, he loses all three counts. Um, best case scenario, I think he wins online and the tweet. Worse, or and I think the likely, the most likely scenario for him is that he wins on the tweet. Her tweeting the article out, I think, is probably her strongest case. Um, now, her case on whether or not Johnny Depp defamed her based off of statements that his lawyer made, claiming her allegations are all a hoax. I don't think that she made a strong enough case against Johnny Depp for that, especially because Johnny Depp's lawyer came out and testified and he claims that he turned over an entire binder of evidence proving that her allegations were false. And I believe that he testified that he turned the binder into LAPD or to the sheriff's department. Um, So I believe it was to LAPD, actually. He claims that he gave that evidence to them So he could argue that to his knowledge, her accusations were false. And I really don't see her winning her case of defamation against Johnny. It's just, it's a bit of a stretch. And I don't think they made a solid case for it, especially since the bulk of the last six weeks were dedicated to Depp proving his defamation case. And I think they really tried to go all out. I mean, we had hashtag experts come out. Um, We had metadata experts come out analyzing photos, um, a lack of color experts from the, the um, what do you call it? The metadata experts. It's a lot. The, the case is a lot and it's very dense and listening to all the testimonies can be very challenging. That's why I wanted to do this episode to really just give you the pieces that matter in all of this that can help us get to the end that we are we see the finish line. It's right there. We don't know what result we're going to get at the end of the finish line, but I can see it. It is right there. Um, And I'm just trying to help recap it so that we can understand or likely go into this verdict kind of getting what, you know, happens. But anyway, she, in, in reference to her defamation case against Johnny, she claims that she lost jobs as a result of the hoax comment. But even Warner Brothers, you know, had a representative come out and testified that the um, hoax comment did not impact her role, that if anything, it was her lack of chemistry with Jason Momoa that was the biggest thing that hindered her getting her role reduced in Aquaman. Um, I mean, and in terms of her not having a ton of work now, I think she's harmed her own reputation a lot more than Johnny Depp has harmed her reputation. I don't think this trial helps, but I think if anything, they both went into this hoping to salvage their reputations. I think he likely is won over the court of public opinion. I know a lot of people reached out and they're like, I can't wait to hear you speak out against it, against this case, because you, there's no way you can uh, be Johnny Depp because you always like to go on the side that's opposite of the fray. That's opposite of what everybody else is saying. And though that is true, but I want to clarify that my positions are never in opposition of what the crowd is saying. I always like to play devil's advocate and I always like to look at the other side of the coin. I always like to analyze things from multiple angles, but that doesn't mean that I'm not sometimes going to agree with the majority of the people. Um, I think a lot of people, or not a lot of people, there are some people that are like, oh, you know, we always, we say believe women, believe women, but we, you know, don't want to believe this woman. And, you know, it's always good to believe women until it's time to actually show up for women. And I don't like those statements either. I think our culture has very much a lot in the past um, spoken up in support of women. I have spoken up in support of women. Johnny and his legal team, I think, also made a really good case of like, we support the Me Too movement. We support believing victims. But that doesn't mean that 
um, we shouldn't take their accusations, you know, seriously and investigate them and really look into this. Like he can't just come out and say something and then let that be the one thing that destroys somebody else's, you know, career or life or livelihood. Like we actually have to investigate these things and see what truth there actually is to it and hold these people accountable for their actions. Um, but I don't think that not supporting Amber Heard in this case as being anti-woman in any way, because if anything, you know, I think it's it's pro-woman in the sense that like we want to make sure that when women speak out, they do feel safe and feel confident speaking out, knowing that they will be supported. And I think when somebody comes out and makes false statements or exaggerates their claims of abuse, that that's actually more harmful to women than, you know, questioning whether or not this these abuse allegations are true. And listen, I'm giving her credit. I believe that they had a very toxic relationship. I don't believe either of them are good. I don't think we need to be praising Johnny Depp necessarily. I, you know, I, I think legally he has a strong case for this defamation suit that he has against her specifically related to the tweet and the online version. Um, I really don't foresee him winning the print version, but I think in this case, anything can happen. But I don't think we should blindly just be supporting Johnny Depp, you know, the people outside of the courtroom that are bringing what alpacas, you know, and like supporting him blindly. I don't think that's healthy. I think he has very toxic traits. I don't think he is an ideal partner. He himself has owned up to the fact that he's made many mistakes in his uh, relationship to Amber Heard. Um, we saw the text messages. We saw the videos. We see him slamming the cabinets, which was the video that was leaked to TMZ. So there's a lot of evidence that supports that he's not the best person. And I think they had a very toxic relationship and definitely triggered the worst in each other. Um, but I don't think we should be team Johnny or team Amber in any of this. I think, um, you know, we had legal, the closing arguments that we had on Friday. Those came out last week. I think Johnny Depp's team had a really strong closing argument. One of his, his attorneys even got like a little choked up, which to me felt very sincere. It didn't feel like a, a trope. It didn't feel like a shtick. It didn't feel like, you know, he was, it felt like emotion naturally came up and he tried to catch himself to not you know, get emotional because that wasn't the appropriate place to get emotional. But it seemed in his clothes, in his closing, when he talked about Johnny and he talked about his kids and wanting just his kids to know that he is not this awful person. I think that that was, a, was very sincere. I think the two attorneys that he had, Chu and Vasquez, I think were great. I mean, Camille Vasquez is a boss. She was fucking killing it. Talk about support women. Put snaps on her name because she really came out and really went hard. Um, and and I think she went hard in a way that was not unpalatable and it wasn't mean. She didn't really... I don't think she badgered Amber Heard or any of the witnesses, but I think she definitely pushed to prove her case. Um, I mean, she was very strong in saying that Amber Heard was a liar, but then Amber Heard's legal team basically said that all of Johnny Depp's witnesses, all of them are just basically liars and yes men. I think Amber Heard's team came out with a strong closing argument. They came out strong. Um, Rottenborn came out strong, but she has one lawyer that is just real, a real tough cookie. And I think she comes off as very unlikable. And I think it may hurt her with the jury. Elaine was just not a very, <sighs> she wasn't a very smart cookie, though she was a very tough, 
puff cookie. I don't understand her legal strategy because she was a ball buster with all of the witnesses. She wasn't even very nice to like hurt their own witnesses. You know, she was very tough. Um, it was kind of funny though, seeing her go toe to toe with the TMZ guy where she was like, she basically came out and said that all of, you know, the people that were supporting Depp just were coming out either because they were yes men or they wanted a 15, they wanted their 15 minutes of fame. And that's what she told the TMZ reporter. She's like, you know, isn't it a fair argument to claim that you're just here for your 15 minutes of fame? And he was like, um, no, because I'm actually putting myself in the crosshairs with TMZ by speaking out. You know, if anything, TMZ is not going to be happy about this. And TMZ was not trying to allow me to testify, but I'm here on my own accord. I'm not here under subpoena. I'm here voluntarily. And she's like, well, doesn't that mean that you're here for your 15 minutes of fame? And he's like, I don't think so. But couldn't the same argument be made about you taking on Amber Heard as a client? And I was like, oof, snap, snap, pat the puss. Okay. Okay, Morgan, let's get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. And and throw them hips, girl. But anyway, um, the other thing that I think really hurt Amber's closing argument was that her attorney, Elaine, was slapped with multiple sustained objections from the other team. And according to Emily D. Baker, sustaining or sorry, objecting during a closing argument is not very standard. And you really only have to throw that down if you have to. I can say I remember at least four, maybe five. Don't quote me because I'm going based solely off of my re- my memory and recollection of watching that closing argument. But there were multiple sustained objections during her closing argument that the judge was like, you have to correct that. You're not allowed to say that. You're not allowed to, because in closing arguments, you're supposed to like recount everything that we had gone through, right? Be like, this is what this person said. This is what this person said. And kind of paint the picture for the jury and be like, and this is what all of it means. And here's the roadmap as to help you get to the uh, verdict that I want you to reach, right? So she would recap people's testimonies, but then she would like malign them and mischaracterize some of the things that they were saying. And Deb's attorneys had to be like, objection. Like she can't say that because that's not what the witness testified to. That's not what the expert testified to. She's making these things up. And that's not what was actually said on the stand under oath. And I believe all of their objections were sustained by the judge. And she had to go out and correct them to the jury. And I think that that was very distracting and very distracting and took away from the argument she was actually trying to make. Like I said, the jury is expected to reach a verdict this week. Court was closed on Monday for Memorial Day, but it was a lot, yo. It was a lot. Okay, Um, so my thoughts are I think Amber Heard is going to lose her defamation case. I do think Johnny Depp is going to win at least one, possibly two, but not all three of the counts under his defamation case um, or the claims under his, his defamation case. We shall see what the jury decides. Uh, they, they're they in it now. Into the thick of it. Into the thick of it. But my overall thoughts, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, neither of them are saints. Neither of them are perfect. They both have very toxic traits. I think they both really brought out the most toxic side of each other. Um, and it was a very unhealthy relationship. I think there is a lot to be said, though, that all of his exes, we had Kate Moss, we had... Um, his two ex-wives both came out and they're like, listen, that was not our, um, those were not our interactions with him. Those were not our experiences in dating or being married to him. His daughter even, you know, wrote a really sweet, Lily Rose wrote a really sweet message on Instagram when all of this was starting to come out. So 
that's not to say that he's not a perfect person. That's not to say that he or he is a perfect person. And that's not to say that he doesn't have flaws and he hasn't made some mistakes or that he hasn't become more toxic. I think grief can really affect people. And it seems like a lot of, you know, things really came to a head when they um, when his mother passed away and we have the altercation in Australia. You know, I think... Oh, we didn't even talk about the poop, you guys. The poop in the bed. Again, there are so many pieces to all of this case that we didn't even get into. But there was an incident where um, there was defecation in Johnny Depp's bed. The Amber Heard claims was a a bad prank gone wrong. Um, And she also claims that it was dog poop and not human feces that were in the bed. But everybody in the... um, Johnny Depp was like, um, it's a teacup, like it's a little dog. There's no way that that was the, a, 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 the teacup poop. Okay. It wasn't a little poopy poop. It was a big thing. He called it a, what did he call it? Um, oh God, I don't, he had a very funny, a stink. It wasn't a stinky. It was something, it was a very funny term that he used for it. There were so many pieces to all of this, you guys. Um, some of them wild and outlandish. Some of them really funny. Some of them like, Ooh, the clap back was real. Some of like you had the guy testifying in his car and hitting the vape pen. Um, yeah. I mean, if you ever have some extra spare time and you want to go through all of it, I think it's wildly entertaining. If you watched it all the way through, I think that's probably the best case scenario was to watch it as you were going through it because there were just so many pieces and elements. But yes, there was, you know, some some stuff in the bed that uh, Amber Heard left for Johnny Depp. And apparently it was a, a prank that went wrong, but it was very gross. I know there are photos of it on the internet. I did not look up those photos. I believe they're on Twitter. I don't want to look up those photos. I don't want to see it. It makes me gag just thinking about it. But anyway, um, I asked you guys to send in some of your thoughts, some of your questions, some of your feelings about all of this. So let's dive into those now before we wrap. Okay, let's see. Uh, Meg says, Amber Heard seems to be the one that says that Johnny that Johnny becomes violent when using. Yes, there were multiple uh, people that came out to testify in support of Johnny Depp that said that he did not really become a monster or anybody drastically different when he was drinking versus when he wasn't drinking. So that is true, Megan. Um, Tita Rican says she should have to return the money that she got from Depp and both walk away with nothing. Uh, well, the money that she received from him was part of a divorce settlement that he agreed to. So I don't believe that she should return that money to him. But I do believe she should uh, honor her commitment and make those pledges to the ACLU and to Children's Hospital. Um I don't believe he should get any money out of this. I think he's fine. I don't think he needs the money. I don't think he wants the money. And that was an argument that his legal team made is that he really just wants to save his reputation. Uh, Chris O'Shea says, what will happen with Whitney Hurd's testimony? Did she just perjure herself? Um, I don't know if she, listen, I think a few of those witnesses, a few of those people that testified definitely perjured themselves. I think Amber Heard may have perjured herself as well. I don't think anybody will be pursuing any charges of perjury, though. I think at this point, everybody just wants to move on. I know Elon Musk even tweeted out, and he's like, I just want them both to move on. I'm over this. I don't want to do this. Oh, yeah, there was Elon Musk that was a part of it. There was uh, James. He wasn't in it, but he was brought up in the the trial. James Franco was brought up in the trial. There was footage of him in the elevator with Amber Heard. Um, 
But there wasn't any, like, he didn't testify and there really wasn't anything super salacious or juicy about uh, Elon Musk or um, or about James Franco. There was a former CAA agent that was friends with Amber that seemed to, like, tell her to stop dating Elon Musk cause, or tell her, like, if you really don't want a, all this public attention, then you should definitely stop dating all these really public figures. So that was that. Um, Deep Fried Potato OXO, or Deep Fried Potato XO, sorry, says she's going to blame her mental illness, but you can have mental illness and have a healthy relationship. I agree. I think they just weren't healthy for each other. Fred says, uh, oh, Fredette Karen says, not taking sides, but if Amber felt that threatened, why did she stay and record him? She claims that she recorded him because she was afraid. She was in fear for her life and that she needed video evidence of what was going on. Um, And also abusive relationships aren't easy. Like people don't just be like, I'm a strong, independent, bad bitch, and I'm gonna walk out that door. Like they are hard sometimes. And I think it's very challenging or it's very unfair to just be like, yo, I think, you know, you should have just walked out of that relationship, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, I think it's a lot more complicated and it's not as easy to just walk out for that. Um, so many narcissists in real life and sad for victims when no one believes them, especially men. That's a good point. I think if anything, this definitely shed light to the fact that men can be victims of domestic abuse as well. Um, and that, I mean, Johnny, De- it was, I was going to say, and that they can, that there are multiple forms of abuse and it can be, you know, psychological or verbal. It's going to get into all of that again. But we actually know that Amber Heard did strike Johnny Depp. She claims it was in self-defense, but, um, she did strike him. And even in her testimony as well, when they asked if she ever hit Johnny Depp, she's like, she was very specific into saying like, I could never hurt Johnny. I think those were the words that she used. She was very clear that she could never hurt him, but not that she never struck him. Brittany says, question, how are they, how aren't they both guilty? What a waste of a trial, both abusive and both defamed each other. Okay, well, let's break down all of this. How are they not both guilty? Um, Guilty of what? Guilty of defamation? I don't think there's anything that he did that defamed her or anything that he said that defamed her because the only claim that she has is in regard to what his attorney said, and that's that he claims that this was all a hoax. So I think in terms of guilt in reference to their defamation cases, I don't think Johnny Depp is guilty, and I think the jury will agree with that. In terms of defamation, her case of defamation um, or his case of, of defamation against her, I would say, yeah, like I've said, he's going to win at least two or one of the three cases that he's trying to prove of defamation that she caused. So um, how are they not both guilty? So that's in reference to the defamation um, lawsuits. Guilty of being toxic? Yes, I believe they're both toxic. Guilty of being potentially abusive? Yes, I think they're both very, not potentially, I think they are both abusive. I think the Video of of Johnny Depp, the text messages show that he was at least psych at, at minimum psychologically and verbally abusive, um, if not physically abusive. We, we don't have any clear indications of him being physical abusive. There was the headbutt that came up into question, um, but he said that they bumped heads, that he didn't intentionally headbutt her and break her nose, that they were both abusive towards each other and that he had but or that they bumped heads um waste of a trial 
I mean, it depends. I don't think a lot of people would agree that it was a waste of a trial because at the end of the day, it was a trial on a lawsuit for defamation. And, you know, defamation is harm to one's reputation and damages. And I think this was, I think he would consider this a win because he was able to get people to see his side of things and she was able to get people to see her side of things. And if anything, they had the option to salvage their reputations through this case. So I don't think it was a waste of a trial. Yes, I agree with you. They were both abusive. Um, I don't agree with you in the sense that they defamed each other. I think she defamed him. I don't believe that he has defamed her because there was nothing that he said that has proven to be false. And there's nothing that he has said that was intentionally trying to harm her reputation. We do have the text messages that claim that he wanted to harm her career and he wanted her to lose roles. Um, but he didn't necessarily, t- I mean, uh, arguably he could have taken action against that, but that's not necessarily defamation because he, again, didn't say anything that intentionally harmed her publicly. And that's what defamation is. Um, three, Kelly D3. What did he ever see in her? I mean, listen, love. Love is blind sometimes, not to say that she's, you know, not an attractive person, but I'm pretty sure there were endearing qualities of her. Just like I always say, people are not good or bad. People are both good and bad. And we both have very healthy traits and we have potentially toxic traits. And sometimes when you're in the wrong circumstances with the wrong people, it really amplifies the ugly side of you. So I'm pretty sure there were things about her that were very endearing that he fell in love with. I don't think she's a bad person necessarily, but I do think she has done some really questionable things for sure. Gem Gem 122 is Johnny going to gain anything from this? Will he ever work again? I think he's going to win the court of public opinion. I think we've already seen that. And I think that that could potentially help him work again because people will be interested in seeing him again and seeing him in a film again and will want to support him. Um, Suki Dinton 2019, ready for it to be over. Well, my love, we are here. We have reached the end. We are about to get a verdict. Ballgame Mama says, why wasn't COVID shutdowns brought up as a reason for lost income? That's a good argument. We don't know why, um, but that is something that I think Depp's team could have argued, especially since her defamation case came a lot later than his and it wasn't like she's claiming she lost jobs, but also like the world lost jobs. Um, his jobs were lost a lot sooner or or pre um, twenty twenty. So I think that's why he has a bit of a stronger case. Um, is Amber lying under oath, Alicia? I don't know. Possibly, um, I don't know. I cannot say that. I mean, it seen a lot of people seem to believe that. I know Johnny Depp's attorneys argued that a lot that she was lying. But her attorneys seem to argue that all of his witnesses were lying. So um, RSO920 wants to know how it started. Yep, we covered that at the top of this episode. Gigi Angelique, Amber has lied so many times under oath. She can't be... Shame she can't get in trouble. Um, I mean, listen, it depends on what you consider get in trouble. I think the world has seen this all play out before our eyes, and now the world has been able to watch and cast our own judgments. So, tis what it is. Um, Ready Nation Plur said, Kate Moss. Yes, Kate Moss. She testified. She supported Johnny. Um, Yeah, Kate Moss came out swinging. 
And Kate Moss certainly didn't need 15 minutes of fame. And Kate Moss had no skin in the game. She had no reason to testify other than to, like, support Johnny. Um, Hannah Snelling 3. Oh, my God. Please dig into Amber and Whitney's relationship. I feel like there's so much there. That's Amber and her sister. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a lot to explore there. Um, I don't know if anybody would be interested in a full deep dive into their relationship, though. Prosecco Princess says, I don't understand why they allowed testimony via video for so long. Oh, from so long ago. Um, because those... I mean, listen, each attorney, each legal team brought those testimonies up because there was something that they felt would be of benefit to their case. Were they difficult to get through? Yes. Were some of them long and boring? Fuck yes. But ultimately, they were brought up to help prove a case one way or the other. And so the legal teams brought those up. Um, Romy says, you look amazingly legal. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Romy. Um, Kelly, what did he... Oh, what did he ever see? Oh, did she ask that again? Um, ready for it to be over. Oh, that's it. That, that was the last of it. You look amazingly legal was the final comment. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that I looked amazingly legal. And I love that that was the last, the last of the selection that we decided to pull up for today. Um, thank you guys. We did a full, damn, a 90 minute deep dive into all of this. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, I hope there were some questions that were answered for you. Again, there are lots of memes on the internet. There are lots of tweets and opinions out there on the internet. I tried to present it as honestly and as objectively as I could. Um, I am not Team Depp. I am not Team Herb. I don't think anybody should be picking a side in any of this. I think it's an unfortunate case all around. But I do think that it has brought up a lot of interesting points and questions for us to consider. So let's not let that fall on deaf ears. Men can be victims of domestic abuse. Just because someone makes claims of domestic abuse doesn't necessarily mean that those claims are true and absolute, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't believe victims. We should believe victims, but we should also do investigations and we should also make sure that we are doing our due diligence and that we are um, holding people accountable for their actions. We will see what happens with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, but thank you guys for tuning in, listening, and supporting me. I appreciate you. I love you. I appreciate you supporting the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, smash that like button, and let me know what you thought below. Let me know if there were pieces of the trial or the case or their relationship that we didn't get to that you would have loved that we got to so we can discuss it in a future episode. Let me know what you thought. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please leave me a five-star review or just an honest review. I appreciate them. I don't like the one-star reviews because those hurt my feelings. So if you don't like the show, you can just trickle on. But if you are listening to this on the podcast and you enjoyed it, please leave me a good review and let people know what it is about this episode or this podcast or me that you actually enjoy listening to or gained from. That way, when people come and they're new to the show, they can read these reviews and get a full rounded, you know, idea of what they're going to get on this podcast. It means a lot and it really does help the show. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. If you want to keep up with me personally, you can follow me at Just Plain Zach. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us at No Filter with Zach. There is just the reality TV highlights, recaps, tea, dish, and all of that out there for you. So at at no Filter with Zach. We do go live there Tuesdays and Thursdays. We also go live on YouTube at youtube.com slash JustPlainZach on Tuesdays and Thursdays as well. Full episodes of the podcast, full video episodes are available on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash JustPlainZach. And I hope you order some of my housewives watching wine. 
We have a, a fun summer ahead. These are perfect for summer. They're also perfect for all of your housewives binging marathons all summer long. Get it at nofilterwine.com. 13% alcohol by volume at less than a gram of sugar. Please drink responsibly. I love you guys. I appreciate you. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.